Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast, hosted as always by Brian and Bucks. Brian, lots of big scores and a massive performance from one Mo Salah, the Egyptian king and his Liverpool comrades, absolutely smashed double game week 26 and did serious business for both of our teams and many other FPL managers. Hey, Bucks, good to pod with you today. The boys in red did some serious damage to Bielsa's ego and the rest of the Leeds team. This was the easiest triple captain shout of our lives, and it's incredible to look at your team and see 84 points underneath one player's name. Absolutely crushed it. And when I think about previous triple captains, I've had three points. I've had six points, seasons where I went with Mane and Sané. And now to see 84 points under Salah is truly incredible. So I might actually have to take a little screenshot of this and print it, frame it in my office. Fond times, fond memories, thinking of Mr. Mo Salah and this triple captaincy. 84 points if you triple captain Mo Salah. Absolutely incredible performance. And this was a major turning point in the FPL as well as Premier League season because as of the end of double game week 26, Man City sit atop the league with only a three-point cushion over Liverpool. So the race for the top spot and the Premier League title got seriously more interesting, as did the competition for those three relegation spots because another team that was on double game week was Burnley, and Burnley smashed it. They had another double clean sheet performance. So now out of four matches in double game weeks, they are four for four with four clean sheets. Congrats and kudos to Sean Dyche's men. Impressive. Six straight points. They're trying to fight themselves out of relegation and very impressive bucks. I think that was a big oversight from both my squad and your squads heading into double game week 26. So We'll see if we're going to right the ship or continue to ignore these cheap defenders on Burnley. For sure. And with that, you know, the Reds dominated the double game week. But right now, both of us are sitting pretty with small green arrows. So uh, hopefully many of our listeners are on green arrows as well. Brian, how'd your team do understanding that we still have one match to go? Sure thing, Bucks. So I made three transfers and took a minus four heading into this game week. So those transfers netted me a whopping plus 38. And when you look at the fact that I captained Mo Salah, everything's looking Impressive. easy breezy. So I, I removed Ronaldo, Jota, and Duffy and brought in Salah, Weghorst, and Gabriel from Arsenal. So he's still yet to play, but Salah triple captaincy. Weghorst chips in 14 points as a new uh, striker in my squad. So very happy with those results. And uh, I'm on a small green arrow, about 8K and uh, 127 points net so far, but only five of my players actually hauled. Everybody else blanked. So it was definitely a weird, very, very, very lopsided game week to see. Again, 84 points from Salah. And then I had six points from Foster, six points from Trent, Sunny Boy with 12 points, and Wakehorst with 14. Everybody else on my squad blanked. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. And I'm happy to either, you know, get a gray dot or a small green arrow, depending on how things net out tomorrow. I'm really hoping for a, you know, 1-1 draw tomorrow between Arsenal and Wolves. And then maybe I could escape with a green arrow. 
Yeah, I'm on 126 points right now, so one behind you, and I have Ramsdale and Ignori. Bucks, that's like two weeks in a row where you're like a point behind me when we pod, but I have a feeling you'll be ahead of me after uh, tomorrow. Yeah, fingers crossed. Right now, I have a small 15,000 spot green arrow up to 135,000 overall rank. My Liverpool triple up really did the business. you know, Mo Salah, as you mentioned, I triple captained him. He ends up with 84 points, uh, 28 normal, 84 because of the triple up. And then I had 13 from Robertson and six from TAA. So in just those three players, I was in triple digits in a pretty comfortable way. And outside of that, I just had contributions from Bruno Fernandez. Um, so it's leaving me right now just dreaming and imagining if TAA and Robertson didn't get rested in that first match for Liverpool, oh, I'd definitely. be, uh, I would be, uh, I would be sitting really pretty, probably, uh, you know, with one of the highest scores of the game week in the whole game. Uh, but worth mentioning that actually there are a lot of triple digit scores that we're seeing in FPL. And this made me check what the highest ever single game week total was from an FPL manager. The answer is 233. And right now the highest score in the game for game week 26 is 189 by a player who's on bench boost. So there are still Wolves versus Arsenal to go. So I would say that maybe that 223 is within striking distance uh, based on how a manager played it. And if they have Saka or if they have Tierney and Ramsdale, maybe Jimenez still to go, uh, they could be expecting uh, to be in consideration for best ever game week performance. Yeah, tons of crazy triple digit scores out there. Bucks, you did really well with your triple up on Liverpool. A lot of other managers, such as myself, had to pivot and remove Jota, who was injured. And that was a tough one, but I did not want to take a hit to bring in another Liverpool player and then have them blank next week since I will not be using my free hit. But taking a look at your squad, you had a big decision going into the game week where you were looking at possibly hitting out Bruno or using one of your free transfers on Bruno to Sun, and you held serve. You have two free transfers going into next week and hey, they both got 12 points. So uh, well done there for practicing some patience. And Bruno looks to be pulling the strings once again, had an assist today in Champions League and everything is starting to run through him again. And the attack for Man U definitely looks better rather than trying to consistently and constantly serve uh, Ronaldo up top. So glad to see him return to form as an option for FPL managers. Great point. I think Bruno is really rounding into form at the right time. Unfortunately for Man United, they are about to play Watford in game week 27, and then their fixtures really swing for the worst. You know, we would have appreciated as FPL managers if he would have been on this kind of form maybe uh, three weeks ago, as opposed to only in the last 10 days. But uh, still great to see from him. And I think it's best case for Man United fans that he is the engine and the kind of creative magician that's making everything happen for Man United with Pogba back. The duo of Pogba and Bruno really is what United should be leaning on for long-term success and hopefully a top four finish this season. Speaking of top four bucks, let's take a look at the FPL Blues Super League. And we have manager of the game week, Trevor Cookler, a.k.a. Babyface Reds. How many points is this man on? Tell me, Bucks. Drop it on the listeners. So Trevor's currently sitting 
at 146 points with Tierney and Saka still to play. And he's just aye, absolutely aye, smashing aye, aye, aye. it. Man, that, that is, I can't, I can't believe it. 146 points with two assets left to go and including uh, an attacker. He could easily be at 160 points tomorrow. Yeah, the sky's the limit for Trevor, but I think Trevor is actually going to be overtaken by what might end up being the end-all, be-all manager of the game week, and that's Daniel Wallace and his squad, Forest Oak. He's on 143 points right now, but he has Ramsdale, Gabriel, Saka, and Jimenez remaining. So I think both, both of these managers deserve a massive golf clap because they're making serious moves in double game week 26 and they're going absolutely massive. Uh, I think right now, both of them are in the top hundred thousand game week score uh, for double game week 26. I expect both of them will be substantially higher following the last match of the game. Yeah. Super impressive from Daniel Wallace because he did not use his triple captain and is still going to be surpassing 150 points. So truly incredible to have, such a balanced team. He took punts on Zaha and Van Dyke, who both came in with 85 plus minute goals. Uh, Zaha ends up on 17 points. Oh my goodness. This, this man nailed, um, just nailed this game week. Yeah. He had, he had 20 points from Saar and Dennis from the Watford duo. And then he had Van Dyke as a differential and he had 14. I mean, there's just, I look at my team and I had four guys with returns. And then I look at Daniel's team and it's like the returns are coming left, right, center. It's pretty impressive. He will be eclipsing 150 points, which I believe bucks for this whole season. That'll be the highest point total of the entire season in the FPL Blues podcast Super League. Yeah. And, and Daniel comes back. Uh, I think this is potentially going to be his third manager of the game week based on how the final match goes between Arsenal and Wolves. Uh, but again, huge congratulations to both Daniel and Trevor. They're going absolutely huge in double game week 26, and we can all hope to have similar successes in the double game weeks to come. All right, Bucks, let's take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some of our chip strategies to navigate game weeks 27 through 30, and then also take a look at a potential free hit template. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. We're going to take a quick look at blank and double game week 27, as well as a potential free hit team that we would recommend our listeners who are going to use that second or first free hit chip would use going into this match week. Where are we starting, Brian? Yeah, Bucks, I think we just want to give our listeners a little glimpse behind the curtain and talk about what we're planning to do for these next few game weeks here. So you have obviously used your wild card a few weeks ago in game week 25, I believe, and now have two free transfers in hand to go into blank game week 27, where we'll see Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, all blank. And so what are your thoughts here as managers have maybe one or two free hit chips left and a wild card? So I think we've known about blank slash double game week 27 for some time. So I've had chance to plan and avoid the free hit. So for my team specifically, I will not even be considering a free hit chip uh, in game week 27. We also do know that blank game week 30 is going to be an even more severe week where there are even less teams that are set to have matches. So for me, 
with my team having used my second wild card and having two free hits remaining, I'm looking at game week 30 as the opportunity to use my first free hit. And then I'll probably earmark either double game week 33 or double game week 36, which are have early indications that they are going to be massive double game weeks, a la the one we're coming off of in 26. So I'm going to be using probably my second free hit chip around that time. And I'll be using transfers to set myself up to use an eventual bench boost. How about you, Brian? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If you don't have your wild card left, the largest double game week predicted will be in 36. So I would definitely be saving a free hit chip for that one. Uh, when I take a look at my squad, I still have not wild carded. So I am eyeing up a game week 28 wild card, which will set me up for the double game weeks in 28, the double game weeks in 29. And then hopefully I'll be also set up for the blank game week in 30. So this will be very important for me as a differential because I can save my two free hit chips and target game week 33 and game week 36 in those doubles and hopefully roll out 11 doublers for each of those, which will be very fun and to pick new teams. So that's currently what I'm planning on, but heading into blank game week 27, I would say if you're, if you can field 10 plus men, I think it's a good opportunity to save your free hit chip. But if you're in a situation where you have three Liverpool players and for example, three Arsenal players, you're going to want those players for the upcoming double game weeks in 28 and 29. So it's definitely the best strategy to free hit in 27. The long and the short is that most FPL managers who are serious to a certain level uh, have already known what their decision is going to be in game week 27. I mean, we've both discussed for about three weeks off air and on this podcast, how we're both looking at skipping a free hit in 27. However, if I had structured my team and I had the Liverpool triple up, I had maybe a triple up on Arsenal, which makes a lot of sense considering they're coming off a really uh, appealing and enticing looking double game week. And then are looking ahead at a double game week coming in short order. Uh, You know, free hit might've been the move I was rolling and setting myself up for. However, as Brian, as you mentioned, you know, Man City, I think a triple up on Man City, a double up on both Spurs, Burnley, and Southampton. Those are probably a must for any, any players who are looking at a free hit chip in game week 27. Um, And I think we can discuss what an, optimal lineup looks like but i think most importantly you just it's all very team dependent and as daniel showed uh with his team free hitting in double game week 26 and the huge score that he's putting up you have to play your own game don't be influenced too much by our podcast by any twitter uh follows any youtube uh influencers you have to play your own game and and you will be rewarded and punished uh by the decisions that you and you alone make I like the confidence that we are indeed hopefully influencing a few moves throughout the season to, for our listeners. Brian, hopefully they're listening more to you than to me or else they, they'd probably have uh, unsubscribed long time ago. <laughs> Bucks, you're not that far behind me. You know, you're, you're only like 50 K spots behind me. You might catch up to me at season's end, but uh, yeah. So taking a look at a great template heading into the blank game of 27, I think the best, formation to use is going to be a three, four, three and have some fun with it. I think this is the optimal time to get some players in that you might otherwise, you know, avoid. And 
I really start to focus on what are the seven attackers in that 3-4-3 that I want first. Bucks alluded to some of the double ups and potentially triple ups for those teams that we want to target. But when I build my free hit, I want those heavy hitters in my squad. So I'm looking at Harry Kane up top next to Broja and Veghorst, who has the double game week. Bucks, do you agree with that front line? You obviously have a good balance of a super premium forward, then a budget one, and then also a forward who's new on the scene, but seems very promising at Burnley, who have won a couple of straight matches now. I would say Kane and Veghorst are for sure locks. Uh, I think both of them are probably leading captaincy candidates uh, going into game week 27. Broja is really team dependent. Again, if you're going to play a 2-5-3, then maybe I would go all the way cheap and skip having the third playing forward. I mean, this has really been the season where skipping forwards has been beneficial. So I think this is a game week that might see that storyline continue to play out. Worth mentioning that the reason so many players are high on Southampton assets is because they are set for the opening match in game week 27 on Friday against Norwich. However, Norwich have recently been a much stauncher defensive unit and Dean Smith has really shored up that team. So, you know, going into uh, the new year, we were really saying Norwich and Newcastle, they were the whipping boys of the league and they couldn't keep a clean sheet if their life depended on it. And it's really, we've seen a massive change. So I think Newcastle and Norwich are no longer fixtures to necessarily target. And, you know, we know the other weak defenses, Leicester, Everton, Watford, uh, to name a few. So we can, we can look elsewhere for promising matchups and maybe skip Broja so that we can really pile in, uh, funds into our midfield players. Yeah. Not a bad shout buck. So looking across the midfield, this is where it gets really exciting because a lot of teams are going to be able to fit Bruno Fernandez, Sun. Sterling and Mares all into their sexy, sexy midfields. So Bucks, what do you think here on going for those players? I think a lot of it hinges on the press conference and hearing from Pep on who may play or may not play, but this is an optimal time to punt on somebody like Riyad Mares, who has been absolutely tearing it up in all the games that he started recently. I think he has the highest points per 90 minutes of all city players as well. And he's nailing his penalties in a big way, left and right. And they keep racking them up as well. Excellent shout. Worth mentioning, Sterling is the top goal scorer for Man City. And Mares is shortly thereafter. But Mares is outpacing all the city players for returns per appearance and returns per million from FPL. When he sees the pitch, he is lethal and he is absolutely a dead eye scorer. So additionally, there's one player that we have not touched on in a couple of weeks, but I think he's a really good shout and potential long-term transfer move. And that's Ward Prowse from Southampton. He's 6.5 million. And I think that he's just a creative He's going to have so many opportunities to get returns. And I think more so than Broja, I would tip that JWP outscores uh, his linesman in this coming match against Norwich, but then going forward in the next six matches over the next five game weeks uh, where they have really appealing fixtures. Yeah, JWP is somebody you could punt on, uh, whether it's on free hit or for the fixtures ahead. On a free hit, I think that, you know, he is, he's also on penalty kicks as well. So he's a set piece beast 
and he could definitely fit into that midfield slot as well. So taking a look at the back, again, we only want to play three defenders. I think a lot of managers will have gotten on the Cancelo train very early, and so it's wise to keep him in versus Everton. You know, even though City lost that match to Tottenham, I thought Cancelo, especially in the highlights, it was nearly impossible for him not to have hauled in that game. And so to end up with only one point from him uh, was very difficult, but he would be the most attacking asset from a defensive perspective to own. And then I think you can go with a Burnley asset. We've just seen them, like Bucks said earlier in the pod, they've cleaned back-to-back matches in both of their double game weeks so far. And even if they just get one clean sheet and some bonus, you're looking at an eight to 10 point haul from those defenders. And Burnley really seems to have uh, you know, reinvigorated their side and are trying to stay up this season. Yeah, one player, uh, Ben Me, I think stands out above the rest, and that's because of his uh, set piece header prowess. Crystal Palace and Leicester are the bottom two clubs in the Premier League for goals allowed via set piece, whether it's corners or free kicks. So that's uh, they are aerially challenged, so to speak. And Burnley is a team <laughs> with Voot Veghorst at six foot seven leading the line and the physical style of play that they employ. Uh, I think that there are goals to be had from set pieces and Ben me uh, outside of Voot is probably the most likely guy to uh, land his head, uh, his big dome on, uh, on the cross uh, to put it in the back of the net. Uh, and then worth mentioning that because no Sala and no uh, expensive TAA or Robo in this free hit team, we could really get cheap and creative. Uh, you know, I've, I like the differential of, going maybe back to Livramento, start him in your third defender spot. I think Nick Pope has to be your starting goalie if you are free hitting, but uh, you know, other players that are going to, yeah. Other players that are going to allow you to make this work. I mean, Gillespie in goal as your second goalkeeper, he's 3.9 million. Amarty from Leicester, he's 3.8. Simikas 3.7. I mean, your bench should be as budget friendly as humanly possible to make the starting 11 from your squad maximum maximum production um i some other players i just want to include and make sure we reference bruno fernandez and Jaden sancho i think sancho is a really interesting differential punt on free hit because he's not a player i'd want to own long term but he's absolutely in fuego right now he's not quite at the same levels as bruno but if you're going to be star for funds then uh, I definitely would want one Man United midfielder and Sancho would be my second choice. Yeah, Bucks, that makes a lot of sense. I think you want to have one playing bench player in your free hit team in game week 27 just to cover potential rotation from City. Obviously, we listen to all the pressers, but Pep will still spin his roulette every Saturday. So that's something to uh, potentially cover for. But yeah, go cheap everywhere else. And I think when we look at these teams, you know, there's a lot of tinkers that you can do. You could, you know, have Foden potentially to save some funds. You could have Laporte instead of Cancelo. So there are definitely ways to make this 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2 work very easily and still have what seems like four or five really high ceiling players, which is what you want on free hit. Absolutely. And again, you know, we're looking ahead to game week 27. We should mention again, that is a blank game week for certain teams, Liverpool, Leicester, Arsenal, and Chelsea all don't have matches and only Burnley has a double game week. So math 
leading, leading our strategy here, I would suggest that your most pressing transfer moves would be to bring in Burnley players because they have, again, two fixtures and then some cupcake matches in the next few after they play Chelsea in game week 28. And otherwise, you know, the best fixtures that stand out to me from game week 27, Norwich at Southampton, that's that Friday fixture, always fun to have a FPL asset going in the kind of single match that's going on its own day. Spurs at Leeds is the early morning, uh, the early fixture for Saturday kickoff here in the States. Uh, oh, early- Bucks, Bucks, Spurs versus Leeds. I'm already licking my lips. I'm oh, I'm salivating at all those FPL points that we're going to be fed on that day. Son and Kane, even though they had a, a tough game week versus Burnley, this Leeds side is, is so porous. They're going to be leaking goals left and right, and I can't wait to potentially be doubled up on those players. Yum, yum. Isn't that the truth? Last two, Watford at United. They're coming at Old Trafford, and Man City go to Everton. So I think that those four games uh, are ones that should be earmarked by FPL managers on free hit and otherwise uh, to be targeting players from those from those matches in particular. Um yeah, with that, I think we can take our last break before we go to our transfer and captaincy selection. And we're back for our transfer thoughts and captaincy shouts. Bucks, I don't mean to yell at you, but you got two free transfers burning a hole in your pocket, and you have a number of players, specifically Crystal Palace assets that have been letting you down. First, I think the listeners need a a couple minutes on your love affair with Edward, who is spurned you for the second time. Bucks, you keep trying to move away from him. Now you've come back to him. What, what are you, what are your thoughts here after he basically gives you one point over two game weeks? This is, I knew that I should have made the transfer of Edward to Veghorst going into this game week. As soon as the transfer window passed, I was like, what am I doing? I'm falling back in with my, oh, no. with my unhealthy ex. Um, so this is about to be an NSFW portion of the podcast. Udson Edward, Patrick Vieira. I hate both of you. You have spurned me. <laughs> I can't deal with you. I can't wait for Gallagher and all the joy that exists at Crystal Palace this season to be ripped out. And so it could go back to normal where I totally ignore this team and uh, fool me once, fool me twice to quote one of our former presidents, George H.W. Bush. God damn it, <laughs> Edward. You got me again. I've been fooled. And uh, I already made the transfer uh, using one of my two free transfers, ripping him out of my side and bringing in Veghorst, which is a move I should have done last game week for equal money. So now I have one transfer move left. I still have no extra money in the bank. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, tinkering with a a number of different configurations uh, right now. So Bucks, this Edward guy, obviously... You know, he he's been in form at different parts of the season, just not when you've owned him. So very unfortunate. But I know I you also hate him. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> there there's the uh, expletives coming. Yeah, Bucks. And you also, you know, you punted on Gallagher. You missed his hauls earlier in the season, too. So a tough uh, spot for you and the Crystal Palace side. They're leaving you actually crying um, this uh, this game week again. So 
Bucks one free transfer. Are you going to be able to field a full team of 11 for this blank game week since you are not going to be using your free hit chip? So right now I have 10 playing guys. I have the triple up from Liverpool and I have Gabriel Martinelli. So the real deciding factor is whether I keep Martinelli long-term right now, I'm leaning towards not, um, it's part of a larger conversation, but I think maybe the move for my team is to take a hit and bring in Harry Kane as a long-term move and potentially replace Martinelli Ooh. with a player like Jacob Ramsey. And that way I have some cover for future Villa double game weeks while also bring in a top hitter and bring in an extra match just by buying Kane at this point in time. So that's currently where my head is at. Um, but again, I would have to take at least one hit, if not multiple, to get a player like Kane into my team. Yeah, hold on, hold on, Bucks. Let's unpack this a bit. So you have Salah still in your squad. How are you going to possibly fund a move to get Harry Kane, especially when you have some, you know, three cheap attacking assets in your forward line? Yeah, so the move, the move would be to uh, get Edward out. Again, I've already done that for Veghorst, and then to get potentially Watkins out and bring in Kane, get Martinelli out, bring in Ramsey. And then I could basically br take out Bruno and bring in anyone I want. It would be a minus eight, but again, it would set me up Ooh. long-term. So it's, I've definitely tinkered with it. I think more realistically, I'll probably just punt on having Spurs coverage for this game week, which could be very painful considering they're playing against leads and earmark, Bruno to Sun uh, before the Spurs double game week in a couple games time. I think your roundabout way of moving Bruno to Sun should just be your second transfer this week, even though they're playing Watford. I just think moving on Sun now for this Leeds match, which you know is going to be open, is the, the play. And then you already have him in place, and then you're not focusing on bringing Spurs assets in afterwards so that that's just something to consider that does not cost you another eight points i think an eight point hit to get in harry kane is not worth it but looking at your team and your structure you know what can you do to maximize this game week because ex expected points for sun are going to be higher than the expected points for bruno now with that being said the, it'll be marginal but you'll then also be set up for the future double game week so i like that route much more but you can also, again, you could hold, you can hold Bruno looking at your squad. You have a couple of weak links that you could look to fill. You could just go Martinelli to Ramsey and play, play Ramsey this week and then have a full 11. So I think you're, you're in a decent spot. Um, I also own Watkins and that's a player that I want to move off of, but given that they actually play in game week 27, I kind of stuck with him, but uh, yeah, Bucks, do you have any other transfer thoughts other than those moves? Yeah. So. I have about six guys on my short list right now. Uh, I mentioned a couple of them earlier, Ward Prowse, Jacob Ramsey, Youngman Sung, and Kane. And then the other player that's kind of jumping off the screen to me is this guy, Connor Roberts from Burnley. He's 4.5 million. So he's not high price. He's very easy to bench uh, down the road. The reason I like him is because he's kind of just ticking on bonus points. Uh, he's not really so creative and he's not really the most known guy like Tarkowski and Ben Miar, but he's 4.5 million and he's gotten three bonus points um, in each of the last two double game weeks. So he had all three 
in one match from the first double game week. And then he had another two and then one in the last two matches in double game week 26. So I just really like the value. And I think that I want to bet on kind of more, you know, cool as a cucumber, less exciting, but more consistent rather than going, you know, balls deep for a guy like Tarkowski who might get COVID again, or, you know, is might be dealing with fatigue or Ben me who's didn't have a single bonus point in the entire season until he scored that header goal um, against Spurs in the second match of their double game week. So uh, yeah, I'm just kind of going on more consistency rather than higher upside with that play. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So before we break down my side, let's talk about your captain. So if you do not own a Spurs asset, are you looking at Vega horse or are you going to stick with Bruno? So I think Veghorst is my captain selection, regardless of the other moves that I make. Again, it's just a bet wow, on straight, double. straight into the squad bucks and throwing him the armband. That's that's pretty uh, pretty ballsy. Yeah, I let me just explain my reasoning because I'm both very hot and also very cold on Veghorst. I think this is a punt on the double game with <laughs> fixtures because again, he's so tall and so physical, and these are the two worst defenses against set pieces and aerial attacks. So I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities for crosses, for controlling long balls and playing it out. So I love that. However, Veghorst by the advanced stats is really just a guy. He's not anything special Um, in their match. The first match of the double game week, when they absolutely blew the doors off Brighton three zero, he the Burnley team had an expected goals of 0.6. And Brighton, who scored zero goals, also had expected goals of 0.6. So Veghorst got his goal and assist from one shot on goal and one chance created. So that's just clinical, like Jesse Lingard from last season level finishing. And I don't expect that he's going to be able to keep that long term, which is why I like him as kind of this double game week punt. And then he'll probably be benched or moved on to another forward uh, sometime in the future. But again, two bites at the apple. And yeah, I expect that he, Bruno, Kane, and Son will be among the most popular captaincy options. Oh, I shouldn't forget Nick Pope as well. So those five I expect will be the most popular captain selection going into this game week. How about you, Brian? What's your thinking? Yeah, Bucks, I like the fact that you also shouted out Pope, who has had some incredible double game week performances. In the first double game week, he had 19 points, so that would be a huge captaincy haul. And I believe he had you know 12 or 13 points this game week as well. So um, something that I did a few weeks ago was captain David De Gea. He ended up with 20 points as my captain. So there's some solid upside by captaining a goalkeeper in these smaller double game weeks. But uh, moving ahead, let's take a look at my team. I currently have 10 playing players at the moment and need to make at least one or two moves to sort my team out. I'm actually going to be dead ending my team heading into game week 28 wildcard. So I will be taking out nice Sala after his 84 point return. I'm ripping him out of my team and I'm trying to figure out if I'm just going to do Sala to Bruno. Or if I'm going to take a hit and move Sala and King to Kane and a 6.7 to 6.9 um, price midfielder. So those are my two options. I'm still weighing them up. Obviously, it was discouraging to see Kane 
and all of Tottenham look like crap today versus Burnley, but Burnley just play in the slop. It was raining. This, this happens quite often. Spurs are up and down, but after watching Leeds, I know that they play an open style. They have no ability to park the bus. And, you know, if, if Manchester City can score seven on them, if we can see Liverpool score six, you got to figure Tottenham is good for two or three goals, to be honest. And I see Kane and Son doing some huge damage. And when I think about where I am in the top 100K, I really want to find a opportunity to captain Kane in this game week because a lot of other managers will have to bench Mo Salah and they won't have that second premium. And that will also kind of hopefully keep me in line with some of the free hit teams uh, in the top 100K as well. So I'm looking really leaning towards taking a minus four to bring in Kane. And then my second player, I think I will probably look at is somebody like Zaha, who just came off a huge 17 point performance. He's playing Burnley. Zaha could be a shout. Madison also plays Burnley. A player like that who has some score scoring threat, who has a high upside is somebody who I'll probably punt on for one week and then hitting that wild card button next week. I love that a lot. Uh, I just want to shout out how your total lack of loyalty to the Egyptian king, who's just been carrying both of our teams this season. You are being absolutely ruthless, just saying thanks for those 84 points. Now get the hell out of here, uh, sending him to the pine. Uh, and listen, I respect it. I think if it was my team, which obviously fortunate for you, it's not because I would have probably ruined it by at least 10 or 15 points by this point. In yeah, the keep keep these jokes coming, Bucks. I'm I'm enjoying I, them week after week. <laughs> no, listen, I just uh, I just uh, bow at the uh, at the feet of the best manager on the podcast. I would bring in Kane and Ward Prowse and just ship off Salah and King. I think that's an easy straight swap. And Ward Prowse is a player that I like, whether I was making a you know dead end team or a long term investment. He has great fixtures. I mentioned it before. They have six matches over the next five game week. All of them are twos except for one, uh, which is a three on the official FPL FDR fixture difficulty ranking. And worth mentioning, I think Kane is going to be an interesting differential. I wonder uh, what the ownership percentage of the top 100K will be on Kane versus Veghorst versus, you know, a player like Nick Pope. Um, obviously, Kane is the most challenging to fit into your side without taking uh, two free transfers or any hits. So uh, really like that it's different and that you're chasing the upside there. Yeah, I think for those managers who are on free hit, a lot of them will captain Kane because other managers around them will not be able to have Kane even in their side. Big horse is going to be a huge effective ownership because he's cheap. Everybody can get to him in one transfer and therefore not a player that I'm looking to captain, but definitely own him for this, this uh, double game week. So I'm looking forward to the results bucks. I'll be all in on Spurs, you know, with Sane and with insane with Kane and son going insane, hopefully versus Leeds. I was going to question whether you were sane or not after that statement going all in on Hotspurs. Wow. I didn't think I would hear that on the FPL Blues podcast at any point in the season, let alone from the manager who's in the top 100K. Uh, I do agree with you, though. I think Kane is going to be the interesting and most appealing differential uh, because he is the hardest to get. I do think that 
I can't get him into my team in an easy way, but Nick Pope, I think following your successful captain of DDG a couple game weeks ago, I expect that Nick Pope is actually going to be the highest scoring player in double game week, blank game week 27. So if you're able to plan a strategy to bring him in, he could be a good long-term hold because he does get a lot of easy saves and bonus points. So uh, I wish I could get him. I can't, and I don't want to be wasting any more goalkeeper transfers, but Nick Pope would be my uh, choice uh, going into game week 27 for the top point scorer. Very interesting shout. And we shouldn't be afraid to go for differential captains. So best of luck this game week to all of our listeners. Hopefully we'll end double game week 26 on green arrows or maybe small gray arrows bucks, given that we have a lot of players from Arsenal Wolves to play tomorrow. But again, thank you for listening. Catch us on social at FPL Blues podcast. Hit us up with any of those free hit drafts. We're happy to start a convo with you and give us give our feedback, which will always be honest. And uh, we, we can usually find one or two points of contention to improve your team. So do engage with us on social. And we look forward to catching you before game week 28. Absolutely. Let's get those green arrows. Follow us at FPL Blues Podcast. And we look forward to being back on the mic after an exciting and high-scoring double game week 27. Thanks, everyone. All hail the Kings.